drboystv.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, today I'm here with Tierra K.J. Williams, a.k.a. Miss Black Hollywood. How you doing today, T? I'm good. Hello, everyone. Yeah, so good to see you. So good to see you. Um, so let's jump into our topic. Uh, the thing that was on my mind today is the lovely Miss Wendy Williams. Uh, Wendy, had, there's a big documentary about Wendy that everybody's talking about. And uh, and there are people that are now saying that Wendy, to be quite frank, did not look her best. Uh, mm-hmm. Some would say she looked terrible, but I'm not going to say that because that would be mean. Um, but she uh, really seemed to be not the Wendy Williams that we all knew. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of in that stage that typically people sink out of the public eye. You know, Bruce Willis wasn't in the public eye when he was going through it. Michael J. Fox was taken out of the public eye because mm-hmm. he had people protecting him. But Wendy's just kind of out there and people are really concerned about that. Uh, let me ask you this first and foremost. Did you see the documentary? And, and also give me a yes in the chat. Anybody give me a yes or no in the chat if you all have been watching this Wendy Williams thing. No, I actually have not seen the documentary yet. I've seen bits and pieces of it. But the things that I have seen has made me really incredibly sad. Like as a woman has that has worked in the media, I've looked up to Wendy Williams for a very long time. Um, I didn't always agree with her methods and like you know, the she was the original shade room, if you will, you know. So uh, mm-hmm. I didn't always agree with those methods, but I could always respect a woman who was as fierce as she has been and really just showing us how to do it in a different way. Like Wendy was social media before there was social media, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, she was. I mean, I think a lot of people, it's really funny. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but next week, next Monday or Tuesday, I got to check my calendar, but I'm actually going on Tasha Kay's show. Mm-hmm. And Tasha K, I I met Wendy many times. I talked to Wendy a lot back in the in the OOS. I guess that's what we call it now. Uh-oh. Maybe the the two thousand the odds, <laughs> right? And um and Wendy was interesting because Wendy was a very intelligent person. Yeah. Um, you know the the heavy hard hitting gossip queen. That wasn't really really who who she was when yeah. I talked to her in private. You know, and I think I got to double check this, but I think her father might have been a college professor or something. And I think that that might have played a part in her, you know, the way she treated me. She always treated me very well. And I was always really impressed because I remember walking away thinking this lady's really a professional. She's really good at radio. <clears throat> but then, you know, then you see the ratchetry, you see the, the chaos and you ha- couldn't help but wonder, you know, about things like karma. I'm sure some people are saying, look, this is karma. This lady has put, you know, has hurt a lot of people uh, through yeah. the years. Uh, what do you think about them? I mean, do you think that they're, uh, you know, we know she made money. We know she was famous. We know she was good at what she did. Does that justify what she did and how she did it? Yes. Well, I think it just depends, right? It depends on what she wanted and the kind of legacy that she wanted to leave behind, right? I I can imagine that just because of the way our society is now or the culture is that we like we we feed into salacious things all the time, every day. It's like we never if it's about somebody like going off the first black man going off to jupiter we're like yeah what about puff daddy you know what i'm saying so it's it, you know i think that for me she was very um uh she was uh, she was looking towards the future she was kind of a pioneer in this in this space so maybe she just foresaw some things that she thought that wouldn't catch up to her like you know okay yeah i'm talking about beyonce yeah i'm talking about jay-z but you know i'm talking about the shady things that they've been doing and telling people's business and all of that um you know that's not the legacy that i would like to leave but it takes a special person to be like i'm gonna do something different i'm gonna do something provocative i you know i i know that when people create characters, they don't, it, it's just like you create it for the public. But when you go home, like you said, you're just a completely different person. So maybe mm. it was like, I'm going to create this character that does all these things. My Sasha Fierce, if you will. And then I'm going to do all these things. And then when I go home, I'm kind of just like Wendy. I'm just the girl from around the block. So um, it just really depends on the way you look at it. Like I look at it mm. like it was a persona that she created. Well, you know, she definitely created a persona and um, and, and there were some classic moments. So it just really interesting, like watching her go back and forth with Whitney Houston. That was kind of hilarious. Right. You know, two, okay. two, two ladies who dabbled in drugs, uh, you know, <laughs> getting, getting crazy online. And uh, and it makes you wonder about the culture, though. Like, what is it about us that makes us love this so much? Like what uh, what is it that, um, you know, we, we know that with with Wendy, um, 
well, first we'll talk about the, let's talk about the culture first. Then there's another point yeah. I wanted to bring up. Um, so, so what do you think? I mean, do you think that that speaks to the nature of our culture, the nature of our community that we would rather see, some, you know, somebody's life get destroyed with gossip than we would to see somebody's life get elevated by some amazing achievement in the black community? What, what is it about it? Is it uniquely us? Or do you think that this exists just in the world period? Yeah, I think that just me being a former producer of reality TV, I actually think that's the thing that really uh, destroyed us. It really started the thing, us being able to see people living these lives and really just being the worst versions of ourselves, fighting and slapping each other and us going, mm, you know, our, you know, if, if we're already a community lightweight of misery, right? There's a lot of miserable people, uh, miserable people in our community that love uh, company, right? So it's like, if I can look on TV and I've had a crappy day and I'm with Tyrone who don't got no money and I'm taking care of Tyrone. And then, you know, I can look at TV and see this woman doing the same thing. I can relate to that. I can relate to the issues that they're facing. So unfortunately, I think they put like the... Our mission was obviously to be shit starters, right? So as a producer, let's just say I walk in a room and I'd be like, hey, boys, now I know that you and Alicia were fighting last night. And she said that, you know, like it it would, whatever it is to get that, uh, that sound bite that I need to get you to turn you against somebody or just make it more salacious. So I think just a culture of that, having so many years of, of that. And then also... You know, one of the things that made me walk away from reality TV was the idea that people wanted to be famous. I think we're in a space where people are consistently, everybody want to be famous. Everybody is a brand. Maybe everybody got something going on. You know, people are coming out and willing to do whatever to be famous or to be noticed or get some notoriety. What, um, so sometimes I would sit down with some of the, the personalities and they'd be like, honey, what I got to tell you? Like, what I got to tell mm. I just want to sell these products on Instagram. So what, what I got to say? All right, mama, go mm. say it. And then they would say whatever it is that I needed as far as a bite. And they would be as messy and as petty and as ugly as they could. And I think programming is just that. I'm taking that and putting it on television. So it's programming you and your children and your mm. relatives. And then so I think that is the cause for shorter fuses. I think it's the cause for... Uh, uh, issues with conflict resolution, you know, even though at the end of every reality show, we, we have a resolution, you know, the only thing you remember is the fighting. You don't remember afterwards when it was like, girl, I hate how do you make my, I hate how you made me feel. Okay. You know, I, cause five seconds later we're fighting again, you know? So there's this, there's this ride that we take people on, but I think we've definitely programmed them to gravitate towards that. Interesting. Okay. So by the way, everybody, if you, as you just came in, I'm speaking with uh, Tierra KJ Williams, aka Miss Black Hollywood. <clears throat> and we're talking about uh, what I would call the financial exploitation of Wendy Williams. Uh, this, this is uh, due to this documentary that's out. A lot of people are deeply concerned. I know that I was because I, yeah. I know Wendy. And that's one of the reasons why uh, I decided to bring this topic up. Now, I'd like to ask everybody, uh, could you please hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Also, give me a yes to let me know that you can hear us okay. Uh, because um, I'm I'm traveling, and sometimes when I travel, uh, there is uh, there's some audio issues, or the Wi-Fi is not as great. So let me know if you can hear me. Also, this podcast is on Spotify, so if you go to Spotify, look up Boyce Watkins, you can find the Doctor Boyce Breakdown, and also Tierra, <clears throat> her website is uh, let's see, realvirtual.net. Let me put that on yes. the screen, and uh, they can actually help you get your business started, your side hustle, help you make extra money, help you take it to the next level. They got a whole staff. They'll do a free consultation with everybody that's on this platform. And all you got to do is just show up and talk to them and they will help you make more money. I hope that you guys want to make more money because there is more money out there. You just need to get the help that you need. A lot of y'all have talent. You just got to help somebody, get somebody to help you find, pull it out. All right. So anyway, uh, thumbs up, share, subscribe. All right. So, so let's talk about this Wendy thing. Now, somebody was asking earlier, <clears throat> what's wrong with Wendy? What's going on with Wendy? Basically, from what I saw, it looks like it's an issue of alcohol-induced dementia. That's the mm -hmm. term I've been hearing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and uh, and this is this is unfortunate. You know, this really, T, this really takes me back. It triggers me in the sense of like why, at an early age, I just never ever wanted to touch alcohol or drugs. I never saw anything good come of this, and I still don't understand why, as a society, we don't take these things more seriously. Uh, yeah. You've seen so many great people. Let's just talk about our people. Let's yeah. talk about our people. I, I've seen so many of, of our greatest celebrities, 
you know, just go down because of the dabble in the drugs and the alcohol. And sometimes yeah. it's there's something about the drugs, especially where they, once they grabs you, it doesn't let you go. Like everybody in here, give me a yes in, in the chat. If you have somebody in your family that's been taken out by drugs or alcohol, somebody, a parent that was an addict, a sibling, a child. And what, you know, if you've gone through that pain, that trauma, just that terrible experience, it is absolutely horrible. I, I just don't understand, you know, and, and so so the fact that we even have music that's out here being promoted, there, there are people putting money, real money. Again, I'm a finance guy. I see the money. They're putting real money behind the promotion of things that are killing us. Not just the food. I mean, the food is killing you too, by the way, in case you don't know. Y'all get y'all should look it up. Um, but but, but the, I mean the drugs that how in the hell can somebody even listen to song on the radio that where they're promoting drugs and all that? I don't get it. So anyway, with that said, I think about some of the greatest people that we've lost. Can you guys still hear me? I, I look like I lost you went away for a minute, Tierra. You disappeared for a moment. Okay, she's back. I don't know if it's my connection to yours. But anyway, so so here's what my my thought is is on this one. I want to summarize this. Um, you think about the celebrities we've lost, right? You look at the talent of Whitney Houston, you know, lost to drugs. You look at DMX and how amazing he was before he died. Uh, drugs again. Uh, you, you, look, you just keep, you keep on going down the list. Michael Jackson and what was going on here with propofol and all that stuff. And, uh, and I just, um, do you think that we'll ever learn our lesson? Or do you think that we are just destined to continue in this cycle, Tierra? Can you hear me, T? Am I blurry? Okay. You know what? I'm going to switch my Wi-Fi. I'm going to let Tierra. Tierra, you take over. I'm going to try to change my Wi-Fi over. So you keep, you keep going. Boys, I'm having trouble hearing you. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah. You know what? Y'all give me a second. Hold on. God is not through with us yet. Why don't you talk? You talk, and I'll just um, let me turn off my camera for a minute so I can make this work. Oh, let me see here. Uh, uh, you know what? It looks like she's gone. Can you guys hear me okay? Let me know if you can hear me okay. And maybe I can turn off my camera. Maybe that'll help. Can you guys hear me now for a minute? Let me know if you guys can hear me. Uh, I'm sorry about the technical difficulties. Uh, please forgive me. Give me a yes if you can hear me okay. Uh, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to try to use a different Wi-Fi here. Um, and if you could, while I do that, please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. And uh, and we will. I'm going to bring Tierra back in. Hey, Tierra, you're on there by yourself. Can you hear me? Yes. I okay, could hear, I could hear you, but I couldn't. You froze. Really? Okay. Yeah. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try to switch my Wi-Fi. You go ahead and respond to my last statement, and then I'm gonna see if I can switch over. Here's the thing: I don't know what your last statement was, sir. <laughs> oh, I was talking. About, I was talking about drugs and alcohol, and just um, how many celebrities we've lost, and whether yeah. or not we're gonna act, we've actually learned our lesson as black people, or if we're just gonna be stuck in this constant purgatory of just always turning to the things that are killing us. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, there's something about, you said something about, um, we love to dive into, uh, you know, drugs and alcohol, but I think, you know, I'm always going to bring it back to the word trauma. I think that, you know, we go through so much as a society, whether it's, you know, um, not having enough, whether it's poverty, whether it's uh, the stress of everyday life, whatever it is, um, just having better ways to cope with that, you know, better ways to uh, regulate ourselves and, you know, figure out at the core, like what's wrong with you rather than running to a drug or uh, running to alcohol. Um, and then also it's like social, you know, it's socially a normal thing to do. Anytime that I'm out in public and somebody says something like, and I'm like, oh, I don't drink. I'll just take the water. They're like, what? You don't drink? Do you use drugs? Mm. I'm like, no, I don't. Yeah. I'm good on all of that. I'm good. Um, like you said, I've seen it damage you know, alcoholism runs in my family. I've seen it destroy. I didn't have parents because of alcohol and drugs, you know. So there's so mm. many things that are really personal for me um, that I've just seen it really ruin people. So, you know, I just think we, um, unfortunately, I don't know why in Hollywood in particular, even bringing it here, me going to different parties and there just being an open, uh you know, just like a buffet of drugs. And I'm like, okay, this isn't my party. It's time to go. You know, there's just all, I don't know why people resort to things that they know can kill them. And um, it's just very, I don't know if people think like, oh, it can't happen to me or I won't get addicted. But, I, you know, it's just not anything that I would want to play with, you know? I think voice is gone, y'all. 
It, voice was gone for a minute. Can you okay, hear me? Voice is back, y'all. Can y'all hear me? I switched my Wi-Fi. That's what happened. So, you. how do I? Am I? Am I at least? I'm. I'm. I'm scared to turn on my camera now because I don't want to mess up a good conversation. You sound amazing. But I sound amazing. Turn your camera on. I don't want to. Do I sound better? Okay, I'm gonna try to turn my camera on. Let's see what happens. All right. Boom! Boom! Booyaka! Booyaka! Look at right. Jesus. There we go. Yes, Lord. All right. So, um, yeah. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cross my fingers and stick to this Wi-Fi. Y'all give me a yes if y'all can hear us. Okay. Let yes. us know if we're coming through. All right. And uh, I'm talking to Tierra KJ Williams, a.k.a. Miss Black Hollywood. And uh, also I'm going to put Tierra's Instagram up here so y'all can go follow her. And uh, we got to support intelligent black women on the Internet. We can't just, you know, don't just be supporting the women with their booties out. You got to support the ones that lead with the brains and not the booty. All right. Uh, so. All right. So uh, and, and then shout out to those who have both. OK. Hey, right, so. I was about to say, or, you know, sometimes you can get a little uh, you get a little, you know, you get a that's little right. Booty, right. You know? Brains, booty, and, be and beauty don't come in separate packages. The black woman usually has all three. That's right. Yeah, all right. right. So, so let me ask you. Okay. So, so when we're talking about Wendy and just kind of what uh, the audio and video. Okay, it's all good. Okay, y'all, let me know if the if it gets bad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be watching the chat, and if I see any comments saying you're blurry or you don't sound right, I'm gonna turn off my camera. So y'all won't get the uh, wonderful privilege of looking at my wonderful, my, my handsome face. You'll have to just settle for my sexy voice. All right. So, uh, so let's, let's hop it back into this. Okay. So Wendy, one thing I saw was a story uh, today where they interviewed her old publicist and Wendy's old publicist seems to feel that Wendy's being financially exploited. Uh, it, this is uh, in Suggest Magazine. They said days after the release of the Lifetime documentary, Where is Wendy Williams? The talk show host, former publicist, slams the special for exploitation. While speaking to NBC News about the special, San Zanotti stated that she felt that Williams was being exploited. Zanotti also said that the former talk show host had a different idea of how the documentary was going to go. She thought we were focusing on the comeback of her career. That's what mm -hmm. Wendy thought. Wow. <laughs> Zanotti pointed out about Wendy Williams' documentary, she would be mortified. There's no way you can convince me that she would be okay with looking and seeing herself in that way. Zanotti further recalled producers at Creator Creature Films and E1 Television approaching her and Williams to do the two-part series in 2022. Williams said yes and stated she would love to do it in order to get her story out. Um, that is not the project that Wendy signed up for, says Zanotti. That's not the project that the producers brought to me. That's not what I told her this was going to be about. There were a lot of good moments. None of those good moments were shown. So they're not showing the good moments, y'all. They're not showing the times where Wendy looked vibrant and healthy and capable. They're like, okay, let's make let's create a narrative around her decline. That that's kind of what's what's happening and um and you know what it reminds me to it reminds me remember that michael jackson documentary where the guy promised to do one thing but then he got in there and did something completely different do you remember that mm -hmm. yeah he built his whole career off of that like he literally went in there and and pretty much betrayed michael and said we're going to focus on this over here but then he started really focusing on what he thought was going on something weird going on with kids now again you know if that's happening if that was really the case what you know? What do you do? Right? It's a it's a it's a judgment issue for people. But still, though, I think that there's definitely an ethical concern. You know, like you're supposed to focus on one thing, and then it gets out of control. How does that happen? I mean, you produced on a lot of big TV shows and stuff like that. How would that even happen? I mean, can't I come in and set terms to make sure that everything gets approved before it gets released? Yes and no, right? Because once you get in those rooms and you've already signed your contracts, you've already signed contracts, you've already given us all license to do whatever it is that we want. Once you get, we get in those rooms and we feel like um, there's another story here, there could be another way to spin this. Or maybe if we've gotten all this footage and it's just like, okay, what do we do with this? What kind of story or narrative do we craft based on what we have? That's more interesting. That's going to get ratings. It's about what it would people care if Wendy was healthy and saying like this is my comeback or do they care more about seeing her like that like what's going to get the most views and I think they just went with what's going to get the most views whether they're sympathetic or whether we're like sad to see it or we're like dang did you see what Wendy was looking like oh uh, no I gotta watch that you know so I think that they made a they made a call you know, they made a call on how to, you know, create this narrative. And unfortunately, this is what it was. And they, they won't be able to do anything about it in terms of suing because Wendy gave them their blessing when she was well. Mm, wow. Well, you know what? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of speaks to just 
the creepiness of reality TV, right? Um, you know, it's just, you know, like it's a, it's a bunch of BS and it's not something I'd want to participate in. You know, I think somebody asked me, they said, what would you do, Dr. Boyce, if your wife was like one of those real housewives? And I said, if she was one of those real housewives, she would not be my wife. You wouldn't have married her, no. Yeah, no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would not marry somebody that's going to go and embarrass the family like that. Um, the only the only way and it, thankfully, the only way my wife would go on a show like that, from what I understand, is if she was like the therapist to work with all the crazy people. Yeah. You know, she would accept something like that. But I think outside of that, there's like a dignity and an integrity thing. And it seems to me that uh, in our quest to be famous and to be seen, dignity goes out the window. If you look all throughout the Internet, I swear there's like 10 billion videos of people dancing and yelling and screaming and acting a fool just to get attention. Yeah. You know, and, and it's unfortunate because there are people that really deserve attention because they're doing amazing things like curing yeah. cancer or, you know, or climbing a mountain or, yeah. you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> Flying yeah. jet airplanes at the age of 12. But no one really sees that stuff as readily as they see somebody doing the dance, you know. Yeah. And um, and I think that that's uh, that that creates like a dilemma in the era of social media where attention has really become a commodity, like yeah. that ability to get views and clicks makes anybody a celebrity. Like, have you seen Krishan at uh, rock and Blueface? Yes. Like yes. these two, these two, they're, they're the new Bobby Whitney, by the oh way. Like, that's what they are they're awesome. the new, Bo new Bobby and Whitney. They're out of control. Like unbelievably, like, like, a, like Krishan's so funny. Can y'all still, uh Oh, Tierra disappeared. There you go. Can you hear me? T. Okay. You mute, you got muted a little bit. So I was, Okay. Uh, but yeah, but Krishan Rock is this lady. She she for a long time she was missing a big tooth right in the front. And she she um and she calls everybody bruh. She'd be like, bruh. <laughs> like, what you doing, bruh? Which I thought was I can't I can't hear you. You are totally muted, T. Yeah, I, I can't hear you. So I'm gonna keep talking till until you interrupt me. So um, so yeah, so she calls everybody bruh, and then blue faces this guy that has 10 million tattoos all over his body. I think that he might have dabbled in some drugs and alcohol. First time I heard about Blueface was when he he claimed he slept with like 3,000 women in the course of a year or a year and a half, which right there says you need to call the Centers for Disease Control because none of that's healthy at all. But yet, for some reason, there are still women lined up to sleep with him, which tells me the power of sex and sex addictions that you know people will put their lives on the line. Did you hear what I said about Blueface and how I heard about him? How did you hear about him? No, I didn't. I don't. Know. I heard about him because he. I think he said something about how he slept with three or four thousand women. Oh yes, or something. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, which which is just you know frighteningly. Um, I mean, think about this. You know, if, if this man has an STD, which the probability is quite high because you know three thousand women. That's three thousand women walking through the streets, attractive women that you know sure. most likely that are infected too. You know, and nobody really talks about that. So I, I just wonder how that's going to to end. And so what it tells this tells me is that beneath the surface of this debaucherous culture is you have these little quiet epidemics that are happening, like yeah. STD pandemics that are that, you know, but nobody talks about it because it's kind of hush hush. Uh, there is. Um, and then there's also just a lot of pain. You know, when you talk about trauma, unaddressed trauma, and then you use the drugs to cover up the trauma, which causes more trauma. And then you're traumatizing other people. Yeah. And then you just have a bunch of like people that I feel sorry for because they're just young and lost and they're trying to follow the crowd. They're trying to be seen. Yeah. They don't even know what success looks like. They don't know what peace and happiness looks like. Yeah. And, and they, they're just kind of stuck. And I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I feel bad for them. What yeah. do you think? And then you throw, and then you throw money at them. And so that makes Ooh. it even worse because it only makes you more of who you are. Right. Um, mm. It's so funny that when I, because they're on the Zeus Network, right? And so right before um, they launched the Zeus Network, that's another network that I thought was going to be like uplifting and great. Like I had, I know that uh, Lemuel's, uh, the the owner, like his father was a producer. He is a producer. He's very young. He's just killing it. Like right before he launched, I was like, oh my God, this is great. You know, I, I, I saw him somewhere and was like, man, maybe I can come work with y'all. And then when I saw it, I was like, um, just what their platform represents. It's just, it's just like taking the worst of the worst, like the wor the most dysfunctional people ever that exist and be like, here, here, let me, let me do this, give you alcohol, drugs, and a little bit of money. And the thought of fame, the idea of fame, like, you know, I, some people get online and they think because they made the shade room that they are famous. 
you know, and that people are commenting and following. Um, but it is very sad to see um, people like uh, Krishan Rock, because, you know, you just want to, like, take her and hug her. But sometimes it feels like she and a lot of young people are so far gone. Like, you know, they at this point, it's just like, I got money. So what? I ain't got mental health. I don't need that. All I need is money, you know? And and so... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's really. I mean, as a money guy, I want to. I this this really piques my attention because one thing I want, one financial consciousness lesson I want everybody to take out of this is that with money, money really is a drug. You know, fame is a drug, attention is a drug, and 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 what happens is that we turn to drugs because we got these other voids in our lives that mm -hmm. that we can't fulfill. Right. So so when you are chasing the drug of money, fame, sex. Um, and then, and then of the regular, you know, typical drugs, um, it, it, all it does is it digs you deeper into that hole and, yes. uh, and to the point where you lose who you are. And, and, and then you start to question yourself. I think that when you, you have, I think you have some young people who are looking around like, wait a minute, what is this? This doesn't make any sense. This yeah. is, I, I don't have peace. Like I'm not happy. Like I'm Megan the stallion. I'm the most famous rapper in the world. And my boyfriend just shot me in my ass. Like, you know, whatever. Right. Like I'm dealing with that. Right. Um, well in her foot, it was in her foot, but still. You know, like, 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 really, I mean, think about this. So, right. And what they don't understand is like, no, you don't, you think you live a wonderful life because you're famous and you're rich. Yeah. No, but, but I'm, I'm mature enough where I can look at your life and say, no, you're not living a wonderful life. You're living a terrible life yeah. that's disguised by money. Yeah. You literally, your life is like a piece of doo-doo that is covered with like, like, um, like chocolate ice cream and, um, and sugar. So you're eating sugar covered shit. That's your, that's what your life is. The money is the sugar, yeah. but your life is the shit. You yeah. have a shitty life, but it looks good to you. It looks delicious because it's covered by all these artificial ingredients designed to make you taste better as you take a big bite into the shit. And then some people will take a bite and they're like, oh my God, this doesn't taste very good. What, yeah. But it's supposed to taste good because I, I'm eating this delicious chocolate cake. No, you're not eating delicious chocolate cake. You're eating a piece of shit covered with chocolate icing. So I hope everybody gets that disgusting analogy I made. Let me, and, please, and let me change my taste buds to love the shit because sometimes, I mean, like, mm. people feel like some people start to love the shit. And it makes me think of like, um, I love what you said. It makes me think of uh, Lil Rod. I know you don't want to touch P. Diddy, so I'm going to talk about P. Diddy. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Um, okay, so <laughs> I read 73 page, a 73 page document last night that really was disgusting, right? And it made me wonder, because here's a man saying like, this man intimidated. I watched him shoot people. I watched him uh bring sex sex workers i watched him he made people come and have sex with me uh he he introduced me to cuba good jr and cuba good jr sexually assaulted me in the same room i mean it was just it was like wait what wait huh yes. wait what i sent you the documents you didn't i didn't read, read you you know you know i don't read <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Wait, so, did you say Cuba Gooding Jr.? Yes, and he had pictures of Cuba. Uh, listen, he was like Stevie J. So he brought a little bit of the receipts, right? Where it would be like, here's the moment in question. Here are photos like inside the documents. So it was like, here's Stevie J. You know, he would did he groom me by using like people like Stevie J who he knew I looked up to and just saying like here's a video of Stevie J having sex with a man you should watch it because see it's okay your favorite producer does it and then he has a snapshot of Stevie J having sex with a man like it's the darkest thing I've ever seen so my point of saying all of this y'all if y'all want to watch these documents Jesus I mean y'all want to read these documents it's just wow. Like a juicy, it's a juicy story. The juicy, juicy. I mean, story. it's well. You know what? And and let's. Uh, okay. So so. Yeah. I mean, the ju the juice is but, there. But but, but um, wait. Can I finish my sentence? Oh please. I just go say, ahead. It's a juicy story, but it made me just because I want because I know you're gonna give me good thing, but I want to say this other part. It's a juicy story, but I couldn't help but to think as I was reading it, like this person was exploited. Yes. Uh, I wonder how much of this was forced versus indulge i wonder how much of i understand you were intimidated but also it was like everything was like he made he forced me he made me they walked up to me and started giving me oral sex and i was like no but i let him do it you know it was all of these things so i just wondered how much of it was like me being weak 
But he said that Diddy, Diddy lured him. Here's the point I want to make. He said that Diddy lured him with money, with a, a $20 million home, like saying that he was going to give him a $20 million home in Miami, um, a Grammy that he would win producer of the year. And that, you know, he had nine songs on the Love album. And Diddy, it was going according to plan because technically Diddy did win a Grammy for his Love album. And he was trying to bring him along. So there was all of these things, but he ended up not being paid. It was just, it was a lot of mess, but he lured him with a lot of things. Like a lot of things that I'm sure that growing up, he was like, I just want a Grammy. I want a Grammy. I want to be producer of the year. I just, I want to live in this $20 million house. I want to be seen as this person that glows up and is great. Um, so he allowed people to sexually assault him for to go get sex workers to take pictures of Diddy in the bathtub to, you know, there was just, there's so many things in that document. So I just wanted to say that you said, I just being able to be taken advantage of in a way like money. If you are not like right in spirit and in mm. truth and are grounded and have a moral compass, this industry will take you and make you who somebody you are not. I'm sure Lil Rod was not that way when he, walked into Diddy's house. I can almost guarantee it. But then he got there and was like, so there's one last thing, and I'm going to let you... The, no. the, the one thing that was really interesting about the documents is that he'd be like, I was I was there, and then a, a singer who just recently performed at the, at the Super Bowl and was also there with a secret relationship with... Like, he was naming people like, oh, a Philadelphia rapper that dated Nicki Minaj. It was like, he was like, he can't say names, but he was just, he was descriptive. So it was just interesting because, you know, I know that's going on in the industry, but unfortunately people really literally, that's the definition of selling your soul to me. Where it's mm -hmm. like, you're like, okay, I'll give a little. And then before mm -hmm. you know it, you've given a little and a little turns into so much. I'm sorry, I took all of you. No, that's, that's, Go ahead. that's, yeah, no, I needed time to like, for my soul to re into my body <laughs> after you laid, I didn't know all, did Cuba Gooding Jr., you didn't tell me about that. Anyway, everybody, uh, I, I'm speaking with Tiara K.J. Williams, you're watching DrVoiceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins, and uh, if you could take one moment, please, and hit that thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. This podcast is on Spotify. You can look it up on Spotify. Also, if, uh, if you want to uh, learn, I have a training called How to Make Money Without Working. Uh, if you'd like to take a look at that, it's totally free. Uh, just text the word money to 87948. Text money to 87948. And uh, we'll also send you an invitation to attend uh, the, the Los Angeles um, Stock Options Summit that we're going to have April 19th and 20th. And so just text money to 87948. We'll send you some resources from the Black Business School right away and also invite you to the summit and the All Black National Convention is October 25th through the 27th. And Tiara will be at both events, so you'll get a chance to meet her in person. And if you want to check out Tiara's website or meet with her directly about your business, uh, she has a whole team and a whole staff that can help you to get your business going, help you take it to the next level. Just go to realvirtual.net, R-E-E-L virtual.net, and uh, they'll do a free consultation with you on how you can make more money and go to the next level. All right, so you 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 said a lot just now. You really kind of you really kind of dropped that mic right on everybody's head. And so so no, it's okay though. I like what I like the conversation because you 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 summed it up quite well at the end when you said it's like it's like um selling your soul. Uh because really this here here's where here's my my per my personal conclusion on what was going on with Diddy and what's going on with the industry and how all this works. And this is something that I think everybody needs to take note of because a lot of y'all got talented kids. You know, they are looking for your kids. They are looking to suck you in and they suck you in with the big shiny lights and all the money and all the glamour and all the glitz. So here's the deal. Um, I remember I talked to somebody. I never met Diddy. I haven't met him. Dr. Claude Anderson says that Diddy has an interest in powernomics and that he did meet with him. He says nothing came of the meeting. There was a lot of promises, a lot of yapping. Diddy talks a lot. Diddy said, talks about what he's going to do, talks big. He's an attention seeker, but then he doesn't really follow through typically. So, <clears throat> so that's what happened with that. Uh, but, you know, but, but anyway, the other thing about Diddy was I remember I talked to somebody about Diddy and I said, you know, what, tell me, what's it like working with Diddy? Like, tell me, you know, 
And he said, I, he said, man, I don't, I don't know what they got going on over there, but they got some dark shit over there. He said, he just said that's some dark shit. And I remember he had like almost like a type of fear in his eyes. And so when, I, when you think about Diddy and like that connection, just the origins of Diddy, right, with Andre Harrell and, and Clive Davis, right, who I think is kind of the the queen of all of this, right? And I didn't, I didn't slip when I said queen of all this because y'all yeah. know what I'm talking about. Um, and it's like this thing where it's kind of says. You know, we know Hollywood has its agendas. We know that there are people that have certain views and values that they want to push onto the world. And so what they understand about America as a capitalist society is that everybody is infatuated with this economic dream. Like everybody in the chat, give me a yes in the chat. If you uh, found yourself, you know, dreaming about being rich or imagining winning the lottery or becoming famous one day or being a movie star, or if you saw you, give me a yes. If you, if you saw your favorite movie star, Denzel or whoever you admire in the mall, if that would kind of be interesting and exciting to you, a lot of us feel that way right so what they do is they say okay we're going to take this magical thing that everybody wants and we're going to use that like the pied piper we're just going to mm -hmm. like sort of say oh you you want this okay well come a little closer yeah. come a little closer just like getting the little kids into the van into the white van when they yeah. when they tell us not to get in the white van they what they do they get they offer you some candy here i got a sucker for you your mama told me to come pick you up and here's some candy and it's right here in the van just come on and that's what we do we get sucked in like the little kid being sucked into the the back of the man with the candy and uh, and so that really is in my view a deal with the devil it's yeah. a deal with the devil because uh, D1 has a great statement. D1 was on the Breakfast Club yesterday. I got to find out how that went. Um, yeah. But but D1, he he always says that the, the devil can bless you, too. That's right. You know, God ain't the only one that can bless you. The devil can bless you, too. And but the devil's, you know, the devil's going to want a piece of that ass as an ROI. <laughs> right. So, so Diddy, you know, is, has become in the eyes of many, perhaps possibly accurately, I'm not sure but a, a real life manifestation of this, right? Yeah. Like you admire me, you want to be like me, you want what I got. I can give you the world, but you just got to give me that booty or you got to just, you know, you got to give me a little bit of what I want and it's not going to be consistent with who you are. So here's the other thing that's interesting too, is this is where the danger of drugs and alcohol comes into play because I think that, look, if I'm trying to get somebody to do something that's out of character, something they wouldn't normally do, well, you get them unconscious. I mean, every single morning, I hope everybody will join us. We do financial consciousness training every day, and we talk about this type of thing. So if I'm trying to lure you out, if I'm trying to get something from you, right, whether it's your money, your body, or whatever, you know, steal your integrity, blackmail you, I get you a little tipsy, a little bit, or get you a little high, and then next thing you know, you become more receptive to, th to things. And, and I think that's what happens. The drugs and the sex and the money are like a triangular partnership designed to get you inebriated enough to go along with whatever they want you to do. Next thing you know, you go back to visit your family in Alabama. They don't recognize your weird ass, no. you know, or you come out like Richard Pryor. Remember when Richard Pryor made that weird statement where he said, you know, I slept with a man for three weeks just to see if I liked it and I didn't like it. So I went back to women. Who the hell says that? Yeah. Don't know black man. I don't know a black man ever that I've ever met in life who has ever made a statement like that. That's not, no, either either you are or you ain't. You don't, like, oh, I'm, let me just go and see what that's like. Men don't, a lot, I, that, that ain't our culture. That's not who we are, right? Yeah. So I think with Diddy, um, it looks like his chickens are coming home to roost. It looks like um, it, Wendy's chickens are coming home to roost. But then yeah. again, every, every great life or every great um, story has an ending. And unfortunately, it can have a tragic ending. So Diddy yeah. has gone from being the, the cool hip guy to being the dirty old man. He's becoming Bill Cosby right in front of our eyes. Yeah. And Wendy has gone from being the cool celebrity gossip queen to being the you know lady who looks half crazy every time they put her on camera and doesn't seem to remember her friends' names. And this also speaks to just the long game in general, I think. Like, do you think, T, that maybe we don't we, we get so caught up in youth and, and attention that we don't think about, like, what happens when I get older? How's the story going to end? You know, like, I know if I get older and I'm about to pass or something, I will to be surrounded by people who love me. I want to, you know, I want to sort of have it together a little bit so that I got people around me that will protect me. Like, Ronald Reagan got protected by his wife, Nancy. Like, that's why people didn't know that he had dementia or whatever. I've been mean, Joe Biden's being protected by somebody. Like, but Wendy doesn't have protection right now. Uh, do you think that Wendy made some uncomfortable trade-offs in her career? Like, like you know, to get the fame and the fortune, she gave up the chance to maybe invest in family or the other things that might come in handy right now, given that she's so vulnerable. Yeah, I think that she invested in family, but I think she invested in the wrong family, right? Because every two seconds she's saying, calling someone Kevin 
or calling everybody Kevin, women, men, it doesn't matter, which is obviously her ex-husband who left her for another woman and got caught up and she got caught up in that and heartbreak and him taking her money. And, you know, like then their son was taking her money and all of these things. So it's just like the people that you thought you had, you don't have. And I think that's enough along with drugs and alcohol for you to feel lonely. And it can really take you to the bottom, right? Like you feel, I think she thought those people loved her. I think so. You know, I think she did. And, um, and unfortunately, what, 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 what evidence do we have that Kevin didn't love her? I don't think we have. Well, I'm okay. Right. Cause I hear you, mm -hmm. but I, but I also think that like, just in the taste of which he maybe did things in terms mm -hmm. of cheating and having a young woman or having a younger woman or having a woman on the side for, for as long as he had on the side. Cause it wasn't like he met a lady and was like, Oh, I like you. It's like, he had these relationships and he was spending money on her with Wendy's money. It was like a whole messy drama that really devastated Wendy. It really okay. did. It devastated her. And so I think that mm. she went further into drug use. If she was already a drug user, went further down that path, you know? Yeah. I, I, I think, um, I'm not saying that, that, that he was okay or not. Okay. Um, right. I, I, I did, I'd never met Kevin. I talked to him one time on the phone. That for some reason, I was on the phone with him and Charlemagne, and I don't even remember why. It was a short conversation, but um, you know, but I do remember him. You know, some people having some issues with him, and uh, he was a controversial guy for sure. But I think that the nuance of Kevin is that while Kevin definitely did some stuff that violates the rules of relationships, Kevin really, really, really seemed to really protect Wendy a lot. Was you he know. There were lots, yeah. There, there, that was the idea, like you know. And she was, she had his back. They, he had hers, and they were like, you know, they had that Bobby Whitney ish loyalty to each other in a certain way, okay. um, you know. And I think that if you reduce a man down to simply what he does with his penis, okay, then he, then he does not pass the test, right? He clearly, other women, all that seems to have occurred for sure. But I think that the, I, I I can't say I reduce my wife's loyalty down to what she does with her sex organs. I'm not saying I would be totally OK with her doing something that wasn't a fit for marriage. But I think that when you get a little bit older and you deal with real life, especially like like I, I see, you know, I see my parents in their 70s and they don't give a damn who slept with who 20 years ago. All I know is they need somebody to get them back and forth to the hospital and they have each other's back because they've been married since 1974. They're celebrating their 50th year anniversary this year. So I'm not one to say to tell people how they should navigate their lives. But I think that people should make their own choices based on what works for them. And I think that with Wendy, even though a lot of people looked at Kevin and said, why would you be married to him, girl? He's a terrible guy. He's a terrible man. She had love for him. She, you know, she felt a comfort yeah, with clear. him. Yeah, yeah I he, think that's you know, clear. They, they, scored, that's clear. they scored touchdowns together. You know, um, you know, it, it, so so go ahead, please. No, no, no. I was well, okay. I was just about to say, okay, so maybe losing that protection, whatever it was that triggered her, triggered her. I'm not trying to, I'm not here to say that Kevin didn't love her, but at the end of the day, he left her. He left her for another mm. woman. And that doesn't feel good for any woman, right? If you have right. this protection and you're like, okay, not only was he he was protecting me, but he was also taking my money. And spending it on mm. this young lady, like there's just levels to like mm. that could make any woman feel like she's lesser or, you know, mm -hmm. make her lose her self-worth. And, you know, like I said, boys, I mean, I'm I'm going to say, like, if it's going to harm me uh, mm. emotionally, if it's going to tear me apart, if it's going to be if a relationship is going to do that to me, it's time for me to go. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I respect your parents. I respect your parents. But nobody left. Your dad wasn't like. Here, let me take this money that I'm making to another household. You're he wasn't he wasn't leaving your mama. Kevin right. left Wendy, right? I think that's that makes it the difference. Like, what are we talking about? Are we talking that's what I'm saying? In relationships, what are we talking about? Are you leaving me? Are you leaving me for this woman? Or are you just gonna cheat? Is it a one-night stand? What is it? Because yeah. you know, he went and built a life with somebody else. I think he's still with her. Do we left Wendy for? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that that's and that's the thing. Like, I don't know the details of that situation, that relationship. Um, you know, I I think it's like just you know, I don't know. I I, I really 
think that there is I'll say this. I got a um I got a uh, cousin who runs a house for specifically for black women who are over a certain age, over 40, who have cancer and have nobody there to help them or to take care of them. And um, and I'm not here to judge or tell anybody what to do. But, you know, I'd be curious to just know how many of them had a man that would have at least taken them to cancer treatments. But let's say that he, you know, he didn't follow the rules when he came to his penis or whatever. Which is better to have a man that does stuff that you don't know about or, you know, or a man who or no man at all, no one at all, no one there at all. And I, I don't think we have that conversation. It's always like he cheated. So he's bad. He should go. Right. I don't know if I feel that. I don't, I don't know. I can say this. I know that as I get older, since I'm over 50, if I had a choice between a cheating wife who was taking care of me and get me back to the hospital versus having nobody at all, I'd, re- I'd keep my cheating wife. If that was what she was now, not that my wife would do that, <clears throat> but um, I just really don't know if we have a broad enough conversation about that. I think we make it because I think when you have <clears throat> something that's systematically happening, where you systematically have millions and millions and millions of families falling apart. And the first thing somebody says is, well, somebody cheated on me. My my response is like, well, what else did they do? Like, what else, what, what did they do that really made you feel like you had to break the commitment that you made, the vow that you made or the, the thing that you built? You know, um, I just don't know. I don't know. Again, it's it's a tough one, though. Right. It's like if I have a business partner and my business partner steals from me, that's a, that should be a clear like you got to go. You're not a good partner because you stole from me. Well, what if your partner stole from you because they just really needed money and their child was sick and they 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 said they promised themselves that they pay you back. But they they took a little extra out the cash register because they had to find a way to cover this thing. You know what I mean? Like, like, I think that there is. I think you can't that there, them. You can't can't trust that business partner. That's the problem. Right, right. And here's the thing, right? Here's the thing that's interesting to me, though, that nobody really talks about. And again, I I, I, I say a lot of stuff that would probably make people mad at me or get me in trouble. But I don't think you can really trust any fucking body out here like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, like, if I can't trust, if I got, at least with the person next to me, if they lie to me, I kind of know where their weak spots are. I know the areas where they might do some, some dirty stuff. But a stranger, if I'm if, if I replace that person I known for 20 years with a stranger, if, if that person that I've known for 20 years might do one thing to me, what what could a stranger do? I don't know. It's like reopening the whole Pandora's box. Like it's like it's like I take something out, I study it, I hold it, I I you know, I get to play around with it for a long time, and then I say this isn't good enough. Let me throw this away and I'm gonna reach back in the box because I believe something's better in the box. And I think that what some people find and they don't admit is that when they reach back in the box, what they pull out isn't as good as what they gave away. And, and I can only say this to be just for a point of full confession is I can think of a time where I got rid of a woman because of something that she did. And then I got rid of her and I regretted it because I was like, damn, like, like now these women I'm meeting, they can't match up to this other woman. And, and I traded one flaw for like 50 flaws from women where I don't even know what all the flaws are. I don't even know what the problems are that are going to be presented to me. And when you're talking about a world where you know, it's a little bit tougher to date over 40 and 50. You know, people have, there's STDs everywhere. If you're sleeping with somebody new, well, your husband, you might have cheated on you twice or whatever in the last five years. Well, some new guy could come in your bedroom who slept with eight women in the past week. And there's nothing you can say about that. I don't know if that is all. I don't know. Here's my point. I'm going to say, I don't know if we're always trading up. That's the, like, like I, I love my wife and I'm going to tell you, there's a whole lot of stuff that, that that a woman can do that will drive you crazy that ain't got nothing to do with cheating women women get you women don't usually cheat on you typically a lot of times sometimes they do but but that's not usually the problem when men are going through struggles with marriage it's usually some other stuff like she's nagging me she's up in my business she's getting on my nerves she's asking me to do too much she's stressing me out right well you know what i love my wife enough where uh that's my partner that's my ride or die i'll put up with your shit We'll work through it. I'll deal with it. And, and the main reason is because I don't want to go over and start over somewhere else. I know I know what I'm getting with you. I know what your strengths are. I know what your weaknesses are. And that's it. And, okay. and, and, so, so the people, and the people who say that that sounds like like it's simping or something like that, these are lonely assholes who can't keep a good woman. So so yeah. so people who say stuff like that, I just laugh at guys because you sound like a little boy. Go ahead, please. Okay. I just have a question then. Okay. So I hear you. I hear you. I acknowledge what you were saying. My question for you is if Alicia took all your hard-earned money and took it and started a situation across town with another man, are you telling me 
that you would stay with her knowing that she took your money and spent it elsewhere and built up a situation somewhere else? Um, you know what? I, I would honestly say it depends. And and I and I don't believe in saying yes or no to definitive answers to stuff like that. And the reason uh -huh. I say that I, the reason I say that is because I would really like to understand like what happened here. Like why why would you do something like that? What was there something that I wasn't doing for you <clears throat> that made you feel like you had to go somewhere else to get what you needed? Because this is the reality that people run into in relationships. Nobody mm -hmm. talks about it, but sometimes people gotta go fill in the void. Like for example, my wife loves uh, she loves singers. She I think I think she really has a thing for like she talks about Prince like that's her ex boyfriend. She really does, right? Mm -hmm. So she likes singers. I can't sing, I can't sing. So when it comes time for her to want to hear a, a sexy male voice, I have to <clears throat> I have to like with well, an outsource, right? I gotta be like, <laughs> like you know, there's Luther Vandross, there's whoever, whoever you, you know, and uh, and I, because I even made a joke. Malcolm Jamal Warner was one of my Facebook friends, and since I lost my page, we lost contact. But we yeah. would talk sometimes on Instagram, and uh, and I made a joke with him. I said, I said, I, I said, I'm so jealous that my that my wife, you know, was was talking about Theo Huxtable as her as one of her first crushes. I said, <laughs> I said, to hell with you, man, you know, but. but <laughs> Like, so, so you because you know what it is, and, and this is where I'm different from a lot of people. A lot of people can't understand it, and I get it if you don't get it, right? Because it's my life, it's not yours, so whatever. Right. But right. I decided when I was about 32, 33 years old, maybe 34, that that jealousy is one of the ugliest, most unattractive, most unproductive, most toxic emotions a person can have. I, I'm convinced of this. So my quest was, I said, I'm going to see if I can do enough of a consciousness exercise to elevate my um, vibration enough where I can eliminate as much jealousy as possible, you know? And, and so all, a lot of the stuff some men respond to, I don't respond to because I don't feel like I own you. I feel like I'm blessed to have that piece of you that I get. I'm blessed that you, you know, that, that like, I know, I know if a woman's into me, if she's not. Like I can tell, I can tell, I could hug or kiss my wife or have one conversation or just how quickly a woman answers the phone tells you if she's into you or not. If she, if she, if she on the other line and she don't answer or she got to go real fast and she don't call you back, that tells you a lot, right? A woman yeah. who loves you will be like, hold on, I'm, I, let me hang up on the other line. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that, right? Little basic. So, so my thought was, um, and, and I, and, it, and the reason I, I, I went through this was because I, I went through an experience where I became very jealous. And I did not like the person I became. I did not like my behavior. I, I was embarrassed and mm -hmm. I apologized. I was like, God, I, I, that's not who, that's not the man I want to be. So I just made a goal to not be that man. So uh, again, I don't care what everybody else is doing. People can do whatever they want. But I know that uh, when it comes to, you know, the things I love and things I want, I try not to sit around and have these stupid artificial criteria that people have. Because sometimes I, I, I put it on everything. I believe that there's so many cases where people walk away from a good situation because they think they can do better and then they don't do better. And you find yourself spending the rest of your life wishing you could go back in time. And I, I don't want to be that. No, I, I love my wife. I'm glad to be there. Sometimes she might get on my nerves. And, and where women get away, women aren't the ones that, that usually do the whole cheating thing typically. But women do a lot of things that can drive a man insane. You know, like like it ain't like we're the only ones who fuck up in relationships. Women do, too. It's just it's just that because it's not cheating. You know, or, or like you asked me that question. You said, what if Alicia went across town and did this with another man or whatever? I don't even think she'd want to do that because there are women. Literally, there are women where if you told them, if you said, you know, you're, if if you could go and sleep with five dudes next month and your husband would never know anything about it, would you want to do that? A lot of no. women would say, no, I wouldn't even want to do that. Like, that's not, not, the, that's ones, not the ones that love their husbands. Right. Exactly. Are, exactly. Yeah, and, no. and then the problem is, I know a lot of men who really love their wives who would be like, OK, <laughs> right. Right. So that just tells you that the nature of men and women is very different. Correct. And I, and I think that so. 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 So if you're talking about something that a woman does that would say invalidate her right to be in a relationship. Don't point to a masculine behavior like what if, what if she went and what if she went and got two whores and went to a strip club and was feeling <laughs> like that, that's not what women do. But, right. but what a woman might do is she might do something that's more feminine. Like, well, the, like the things that the woman might do that really test you as a man is like like y'all be you know, sometimes y'all be nagging when women get anxiety or or irritation or e honestly, even like that time of the month. Let's just be honest. Hormonal. Let's just say hormonal. Uh -huh. Y'all hard to figure out. 
Seriously, it's like, what the hell, man? What did I do? You mad at me because I'm eating ice cream? What the hell? Get that goddamn ice cream. You know, and, and, and as a man, you know, when a mature man, you learn how to deal with that. You learn, okay, that's just what women do. And, and if you're trying to be committed to what you agreed to do, you just work it out. You figure it out. Maybe you got to go outside to get away from her for a couple hours or whatever. But, right. but, but so I don't know. I just really think we don't have enough real conversations about that. That's my two cents. Oh, I get it. I'm not mad at it. I think, you know, I'm always say I'm going to go back to it for me personally. If it feels like it's harming my spirit or my mental health or anything that is going to drive me insane. And like, I can't live in a state of peace. uh, I got to I got to leave. Like if we can't make it through therapy and I'm still just like, you're making me crazy. (laughs) then I just got to do something else. So, yeah, Yeah, I, I I think that that makes perfect sense. Right. And, and I think that a better, more logical approach to kind of look at this is to say, um, okay, where, wherever you are, if you're not happy where you are, it's like a job. If I say I hate this job and I'm stressed out on this job, the biggest question I ask you is, can you find a better job? Mm-hmm. Are you going to make more money on your new job? Your new job is probably going to stress you out too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so either way you go, you're going to have stress because they're going to ask you to work. Um, is the new job better, like lower stress with higher pay? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we quit our job and we don't even got another, we don't even have another job lined up. That's what that's what it's like when you walk away from a relationship that is let's say 80% stable. Like Tyler Perry always had that 80-20 rule in his movies, which mm-hmm. you know Tyler Perry moves us on another conversation. But <laughs> that's like you're gonna get 80% of what you want, and there's gonna be that 20% that's missing. And and you gotta decide, okay, with this 80-20 with this person that I got right here, and I I I throw that away and I roll the dice again. Now I'm not going on the dating scene at 25. I'm going on the, the, the dating scene at 45 in Atlanta, of all places, or someplace like that, where the, mm-hmm. the women outnumber the men like 10 to 1. Yeah. Am I go- what are my odds of finding something better that gives me more peace? Or am I going to end up as a person who's out here dating, who's complaining about how horrible and stressful and terrible it is, right? Because that'll take your peace too, right? Getting your heart constantly broken over and over again by strangers, that, that'll destroy your peace. Right. Yeah. So, so I, I personally think it's a matter of just deciding like which, which is best as opposed to um, as opposed to thinking somehow that letting go of what you have is going to open the door to some magical fantasy where you're going to meet this perfect person. Perfect people mm-hmm. don't exist. I agree. They don't, you know, so anyway, I'll let you get the last word. I know we said a lot here. We said a lot of things and we thank you all for listening for show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so as far as Wendy is concerned. Um, I pray that, you know, I know that things can't be reversed, right? I know that her mental state, right? Like once they, I saw an article that said that her family came out and said that since the documentary has come out, that she has improved. And I'm not really sure what that means. Like, does that mean that she can return to hundred percent? Like, can you recover? Can you be cured from this thing? Probably not. Right. It's, it's likely that she'll be on the decline from now until she passes away. So, you know, I pray that for her, that she is in a state where I've I've seen articles saying that, you know, not only did her son spend a hundred thousand dollars on Uber eats and was like spending money on friends and was just doing the most right to the point where, you know, just abusing her. I feel like she, I feel like a lot of the reason why she's experienced decline is because everywhere she was looking, she was looking for someone to, for someone to make her feel safe. And maybe Kevin did make her feel safe, but it wasn't a safe situation for her. It like what she needed, but you're looking around for everybody to kind of keep you safe, but you're not finding anything. I can see that also making you decline. You know, I could see that contributing and making you resort to drugs and alcohol even more so for wendy it's just so tragic to see you know the fallen you know her falling her uh you know her kind of on her way out kind of you know like her not having the pizzazz and the wigs and how you doing and all of that like it's gonna be it's sad to not be able to see that anymore so there's a part of me that's kind of like grieving the whole Wendy thing and just my heart is with her. And I hope that in her last days that she finds, you know, just people that love and protect her and she can be surrounded by those people. Well, you know what? Here's what I'm going to say about the son. Um, I don't excuse what the son did. Right. I think that the son 
um, needs, you know, like I, he needs his daddy. I don't know where his father is in all of this process, but I will say that, um, you know, remember, I don't look at Wendy as a victim. I don't think Wendy would want to be seen as a victim because yeah. remember, Wendy went through life as a tough, ferocious woman who, true. who really did, you know, she hurt a lot of people. She yeah. would destroy your life and think nothing of it. That's you know, true. so so, you know, watching her go down is like watching, you know, Joseph Stalin or Adolf Hitler get old or something like, you know, not to say Wendy is, is that bad. So just watching, let's, take, let's take Hitler. Off, let's take Hitler off the table. But but really somebody, you know, somebody who was just this hardcore gangster type, you know, yeah. let's say John Gotti or something. Let's do something better. Than okay. that, right. Not, okay. not, you know, okay. just somebody's like a tough, mean old bastard who just is old now. Right. So yeah. I don't see I don't think Wendy ever saw herself as a victim. Uh, but at the same time. I think also there's a special relationship between mother and son. And yes. sometimes it can go in a direction that comes off a little off balance. Uh, and maybe th th that was just their relationship. Remember, Wendy does not live a regular life in terms of income. This right. lady is making millions of dollars a year. So for a regular person to see like, wait, what the hell? You spent $100,000 on Uber Eats? Who the hell yeah. does that? Well, yeah. I know I know who does that. The son of a multimillionaire parent, multimillionaire celebrity parent. This is a kid who, by the age of 10, had been on private jets, had been going to the Gucci store, grabbing whatever he wanted. He's been uh, he, you get spoiled in that life. It's yeah. a privileged, privileged life. So it's not, you know, the same as any of us doing it. And, and if his mother was approving his expenses and that's what he said in that document, they said, well, did you did you spend a lot of money on the card or whatever? And he said, yeah, nothing that my mother didn't approve. So yeah, his yeah. mama was okay with him spending all that money. Now, does that build the proper character as a human being? I don't think it does, but it's not my job to make that decision. You know, I bet you, I bet you Kanye West's little daughter, you know, uh, I know for a fact Kanye spent $2 million on her birthday party. Yeah. So, you know, is that crazy? I think it is, but shit, I mean, her daddy's worth half a billion. Her mama's yeah. worth, you know, a billion, a billion. or two <laughs> or three. She's yeah. selling them damn ugly ass skims all over the place, right? So really, <laughs> and skims and Yeezys, right? They get to do whatever they want. So <laughs> so again, I, I don't know if I look at it like poor Wendy, all these men around her are abusing her and harming her. Eh, it's, it's just more like she's just in a vulnerable spot. And she ain't really got no protection. And the things didn't work out with her husband. That's life. Things don't work out. But she had plenty of opportunities to be positioned in a space where there were good people around her. You know, that's the other that's the privilege of being rich and famous is that there are people that will like like, you know, when I had those conversations with Kanye, it, Kanye gets access to so many people that would make sure he was good if he was humble enough to listen to those people, I would have gladly sat in and advised him for free. Like, like, just call me. I'll, I'll tell you what I know. I'll, I'll help you. And I'll sit on the phone with your accounts, whatever you need me to do. But, yeah. but you know, being that celebrity, I think you, you have that illusion. I'm going to be young forever. I'm going to be hip forever. I'm the most powerful person in the world. I'm more important than the people around me. If you take that attitude and you keep flicking away all these people that are trying to help you. And I know for even for another thing with Kanye, Kim tried to do an intervention. She tried to get, yeah. really good therapist my wife is a damn good therapist she was like well can i talk to kanye did, did you want does he want me to talk to him because i can because i'm identifying some things here he don't want to hear all that so no. when, when kanye's when they doing a documentary on him and he's falling apart like wendy looking half crazy don't feel sorry for these people yeah. you know, no no they they got more privilege and more opportunity than anybody in this room right now so uh it is what it is chickens come home to roost you lay in the bed that you make and uh, and so Wendy, and she's a smart enough soldier that I think she understands that, that or would have understood that when she was, you know, the old Wendy. So anyway, <laughs> voice Gotti, voice is hardcore today. Listen, you like, damn. All right, well, I don't feel sorry for her ass then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, no, I, yeah I, I mean. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna change my stance on that. I definitely. Uh, she's a human being. Like I don't want to see right. her be fucked up. Like I just don't want to see that. So right. I'm gonna keep my stance on that. But I feel you. I feel you. You feel me, dog? Okay. I feel you, dog. <laughs> all right, everybody. Well, we uh, we have talked this thing into the ground. We have had a yes. great conversation with you all. So thank you all for hanging out with us. And, and uh, please, um, I apologize in advance, and I beg your forgiveness for any stupid things I might have said that might have sounded a little bit crazy. Uh, if it sounds too crazy, just pretend like I didn't say it. And if, and, but if, but if it makes you think, then I think that's good. We can have a dialogue. The goal is not for all of us to agree. Uh, we're not a bunch of dummies that share the same brain. All of you are intelligent. 
sentient uh, human beings that I respect, and all of us have a right to our own perspective. So I hope that we can agree on that. Give me a yes if you agree. All right, so I'd like if you could uh, let me uh, make sure I let you guys know where to get in contact with Tierra. Tierra KJ Williams, aka Miss Bike Hollywood, uh, her business, Real Virtual, will help you get your business off the ground. They will do a free consultation with you if you have a business idea, if you have a small struggling business and you want to take it to the next level. She has access to experts and resources and ideas and possibilities and ways to make extra money. So feel free to uh, go to realvirtual.net, R E E L virtual.net. And also you can follow her at Miss Black Hollywood. Now, me, uh, my name is Boyce Watkins. My website is boycewatkins.com. I have a new best selling book called the Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. You can get a copy at drboycebooks.com. Also, we do a daily financial consciousness training, uh, Money in the Morning with Dr. Boyce. So if you'd like to uh, get a free training, free copy of a training I did called How to Make Money Without Working, text the word money to 87948. Just text money to 87948. I'll also invite you to our Stock Options Summit and also to the All Black National Convention. You guys will be amazed at how much money can be made by selling stock options. And I'd love to be able to help you in that journey. So feel free to reach out. Um, it's really amazing. I'm not here to BS you. I know for a fact you will be blown away. So anyway, um, have a good day, everybody. God bless you. And thank you again, T. It was awesome to see you. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Bye, Bye -bye. everyone. Bye. Bye. Wow, wasn't that a heavy conversation? <laughs>